From the ice planet of Hoth, it's the IGN Digigods. Please welcome two men broadcasting from the inside of a Tauntaun, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. I cannot believe that no one has ever made a Tauntaun gag before. Corey, who is our Tauntauner? Brought to you by Stuart Moncure, inside of a Tauntaun. I don't know where I'm going with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Corey. Really? Next? Okay. <laughs> I left that little tag on there from when you you voiced your satisfaction at his take. Is that right? Yes. Look at me. I thought that was funny. That was funny. You thought that was funny. Corey's always funny. See? When is Corey not funny? He's always funny. Anyway, uh, we got a ton today. Um, and next week, next week. The balcony is closed? Next week is the big holiday gift guide show because what? next week next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. See? So we want everybody to sort of know what to go for on Black Friday. So we're going to hit you with our, our great big uh, holiday, Thanksgiving-y, Christmas-y, hanukkah thing. And we're going to nail it next week. It's going to be a fantastic show. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be all kinds of great stuff. And uh, the week after that, we've got um, uh, we're going to be off because of uh, we're going to be just in hell. Well, you, I'm going to be I'll be out of town. Yes, you'll kidding. be yes, you'll be out of town. But I'm saying the, the the for the two weeks after that, we're in Lafka hell. Oh my god! You, you, you know what? We've got nothing. I mean, I've got a few more. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's going to be awful. You know what it's going to be like. But you you realize you realize that literally we vote on the seventh. We vote on December seventh, D Day, and. That for we're going to get nothing until two weeks before then, and then we're going to be getting phone calls from every publicist in the studio. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? It's like no, because you haven't sent anything out yet. Well, we have screenings, and suddenly we're going to be like inundated with everything in okay. two weeks. You know what? Can I say something? It's going to be crazy. Now, I was on the Facebook page. Now, internally in Lafka, we have this, a couple uh. of us have a little Facebook page, and I'm the guy who's emailing the Facebook our little Facebook group, yeah. saying, you know, the Hollywood Reporter used to have a very very handy guide. Where every single day you can look and see what mm-hmm. is screening awards wise, but I don't think they yeah. have it this year. I don't. I, and, 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 and how come not. nobody's like? Is, is there some special site I don't know about that they're not telling me about? Because nobody's saying you're right, Mark, or thanks, Mark, because I, I I had sent a link yeah. to that Facebook group with this guy Richie something who does his own little third party off the no. books uh, screening guide. Yeah. I sent that link to the, our little Facebook group. It was you, me, Andy Klein, Amy Nicholson, a bunch yeah. of others. I mean, is is, is there something I'm not getting? Oh. Is, is like Amy getting like emails uh, no. and publicists and uh, no. emails and screening invites every single day I mean, and I'm not? We got we got a thing from Strand with a bunch of links. I don't know if you got that. No. You didn't get what that? What was that? I'll send it to you. Really? Yeah. Like what did it have? Yeah, like four films. On, on links. I have to watch them on my laptop. Vimeo. Well, no. Dude, do you, you have a, do you have a Vimeo app on your TV? Of course not. You don't have like a Roku or an Apple TV or something? No, I have a I have Time Warner cable. I... I'm sure you're television. I'm, I'm sure. Well, you- the place well, the PlayStation might have. I'll bet the PlayStation has an app. Seriously, there's got it. Otherwise, just just do a do a do a thing like with your. Uh, oh no, because you, never mind. Wait, so seriously, so you got an email from Strand with a yeah. bunch of. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. I have to look that up. Go go talk about something. I'm okay. Well, I want to make. I'm talking about some funny stuff first. Just a, a collection of, uh, of ha-has. Oh, I hit the mic. I don't care. Wait. Uh, I don't know why I didn't get this. Comedy fans. Got a great documentary here. Oh, here it is. So, yeah, see, you got it. <laughs> Whatever. I knew you Yeah, but it. It, look, here, here's what it is. It says nothing to do with DVDs. Okay, here's what they sent. Stranger by the Lake. Do we care? Maybe. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah. Wetlands, do we care? No. The missing picture, do we care? No. A missing picture is good. No, it's not. It is. It's a doc. Okay, okay. It's a doc. It, okay. Is there a reason? Oh, it's a doc. Okay. It's a three T pond. It's killing fields. It's like right. you know. Okay, that's important. Have to, okay, got it. Okay, that yeah. that I'll have to watch. Yeah. Abuse of weakness. Hell's that? No one I cares. I don't know. Exactly. The way he looks. No one cares. That's why I trashed it. Although I should watch the missing picture. Yeah. Because have you seen any docs worth it uh, this year? Yes, the plot for peace. Unbelievable. We just really? Claudia and I just talked about it on Friday on on uh, uh, about a week ago. Wow. Uh, on NPR. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I I, I don't know that it's, that it's on anyone's radar, frankly. Um, but I mean, the one that the one that everybody's like really really buzzing about is the uh, the Snowden thing. The Snowden thing. Well, you that's, know what? That's what's got everybody really really buzzing. But sometimes when it comes to docs, sometimes which we, I've not seen. Well, I've not seen it either. When it comes to docs, we can be a, a, a little weird. Like yes, we, we may can. not go for the Snowden thing. We may go for some little thing about blah blah. Yeah, it's true. Some like Chinese immigrant who uh, do, who walks five hundred miles to go see his cat or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we wind up with that. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. So, well, here I'm going to talk about funny stuff. Uh, when comedy went to school is a wonderful documentary uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed, and it's the history of the Catskills as the as ground zero for American uh, Jewish comedy. I've seen this doc, Wade. I, I, I know you're not as fond of it as I am. I'm am not uh, because it's because you know you're too close to it. You you like no, you're you're Jewish and you're from New York and you know people who went to the Catskills and you probably said like oh they didn't talk about the sauna room which is where Shaky Green used to pull his pants down. I'm sure there's like stuff that you it, saw that way, was missing. It was, it was Alan Sherman. He used to pull his pants. Oh, down. see, okay, see, I see. For me, I I grew up on this stuff, but from afar, you know, as a Gentile in Los Angeles, to me, this, it's just funny after funny after funny, and I just love seeing everybody interviewed here. Robert Klein hosts the thing. They got Jerry Lewis to, to talk to them, which is a compl- an accomplishment. Sid Caesar, Jerry Stiller, Jackie Mason, they're all in this thing, and and I think it's some wonderful stories. And I loved, I loved the whole melancholic thing that this is where Jewish families from New York went, and these guys performed. And, you know, like Danny Kaye, and they're, they're all on stage, and they're doing their shtick, and people are laughing, and it's just, it's a family affair, and it's like this resort place. I love that whole thing. I thought it was great. You're, an honor, you're like an honorary Jew. I am. Thank you. Do I get a card? No. Oh. No, actually, here's what you get. <laughs> uh, uh, half the, the world in, hates you. Indigestion? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. how, oh. how dare you. That's an outrage. Thank you. And then also, uh, Weird Al Yankovic. So we get the uh, the complete Al. That's L E A T complete. Awesome. Uh, never been on DVD before. So this is awesome. all. This is the uh, the, the mockumentary uh, that has all of his uh, amazing videos. You know, uh, eat it and everything else. Love it. And uh, it's cute. It's fun. Uh, I've, I've seen Al. I've seen Al in concert twice. Yeah, I, have. I know you have. And I wish it had. I wish this were on Blu-ray, but it's not. But you know what is on Blu-ray? In a special uh, edition, oh, UHF, twenty yeah. fifth, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. 25th, 25th anniversary edition. Uh, this is uh, this is sort of when uh, long before he portrayed Kramer, uh, Michael Richards kind of did his little shtick in this, and this is kind of between Fridays and and Seinfeld. But this is like very much like a Kentucky Fried movie type, totally. cold comedy. Totally, it's just it's completely off the wall. It's just Weird Al just being completely wacky. Uh, and lots of great extras in here. Uh, a, a panel from uh, Comic Con earlier this year. A uh, an audio commentary, deleted scenes, music video, uh, lots of stuff. Fun little Easter eggs. I've, I've, I think I've only found a couple of them. I'm not sure there's more than that, but um, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, he just just spoofs in this, and it's just it's completely off the wall. 
and a lot of fun. My my favorite gag in this. <laughs> do you know what my favorite gag is? I do not. <laughs> it's the it's the homeless guy who keeps asking for change. He's <laughs> like change, change, Mister. And finally, somebody puts <laughs> gives him money. He makes change. <laughs> he gives him change. <laughs> it's the stupidest throwaway gag, and it's just so funny. It's yeah. just so damn funny. Awesome. Uh, and then also, uh, one down, five to go. Uh, this is uh, Monty Python Live, mostly. Yeah, that and, was a big deal when that uh, happened. Yeah, and uh, so this is this is getting them all back together, uh, except, of course, for uh, Graham Chapman. Uh, and that's what they mean by mostly. And uh, that's very nostalgic and, and sweet. And honestly, I, this, was, this was a huge deal. I mean, this was getting them all back together for the first time in, in over three decades. And uh, wow, does it deliver. It is just an awful lot of fun uh, at the Oz London. And uh, wow, really great. Just so, I mean, these guys still have it and they're better than ever. And that is a beautiful Blu-ray for any Python fan. You will just not regret it. Uh, also, a few other little ephemera, uh, some other ephemera before we get into uh, television. We're going to plow through some, some big deal TV here. Uh, Milestone Collection, uh, Milestone Cinematech is what they're calling their, their line now, do such a great job of unearthing really great archival stuff. And they have a couple out from Shirley Clark, who is uh, you know one of the kind of pioneering American indie filmmakers that everyone has forgotten about. And uh, one is Ornette, Made in America, and the other is Portrait of Jason, which was uh, released theatrically earlier this year. And uh, Portrait of Jason really is is just first rate. Um, this is about Jason Holliday, who is, uh, who is this gay black man um, that was shot for a complete solid day in 1966 as he basically just spun his life for Shirley Clark's cameras. And uh, you have to remember, this is at a time when this is all kind of pre-gay uh, rights movement. Uh, this, is, you know, this is a guy who is essentially coming out when it could have been, it literally could have been used against him and you know, legally could have gone to jail. And uh, it's really, uh, it's just, it's, it's historically significant, it's fascinating, and it's incredibly entertaining and really, really worth checking out. And then Ornette Made in America is a tribute and a snapshot and a profile of Ornette Coleman, uh, the, the great musician, uh, which is, uh, it kind of uses his life and career as like a template for a particular kind of American life. And that also is an absolutely wonderful uh, job of restoration that they did on this and a fantastic film. So Shirley Clark, a couple of great ones from Shirley Clark. And then we've got uh, a uh, trio of films here. Uh, if you are a fan of Loki from the uh, Thor films, uh, meaning Tom Hiddleston, uh, Tom Hiddleston made a trio of movies for uh, director Joanna Hogg that are relatively unheard of in the U.S. But, uh, you know, definitely cool little films that are worth checking out, especially if you like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he's just, I think he's a great actor. I think he's one of the great uh, British actors uh, who's just come of age. And uh, the films are Archipelago, Unrelated and Exhibition, all of them out from Kino Lorber. Uh, Joanna Hogg is a is a very interesting uh, filmmaker, really really good with uh, with direct with uh, actors, and um, tells these very very interesting con- kind of contained stories. And uh, I, I hope she kind of breaks through uh, sometime soon because she she does a one. All three of these are really interesting movies, and uh, you know she obviously likes to work with Tom Hiddleston, and I can't fault her for that. 
And then lastly, before we get into our television, I uh, just want to hit a few kid things. We haven't done kid vid in, the, in a while, and I, uh, we're going to do a little bit of it when we do the uh, Christmas show, the holiday show. But uh, so a few other things that are worth mentioning. Uh, young Justice is, uh, there's a Young Justice movie that is out now on uh, Blu-ray from uh, Warner's DC line. And even though I'm not a big fan of the Young Justice thing, this is it's pretty cool seeing it in Blu-ray. They, the, the animation actually kind of pops in a, in a much more impressive way. So uh, look for that, especially Miss Martian, who's kind of like you know the female equivalent of John John's Man from Mars. Miss Martian, pretty cool. Kind of like kind of like the green dancing girls in uh, Star Trek. Yeah, something about green skin, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's sexy. I guess green is sexy. Mm-hmm. Green is sexy. Whatever. And uh, the great kids' book, Guess How Much I Love You, which we're finally getting for my daughter, you know, is, it has a TV variation on it. And uh, Autumn's Here, uh, The Adventures of Little Nut Brown Hair. Guess How Much I Love You. Uh, this is, the, this is an, uh, you know, uh, just a collection of seven episodes that are all about Autumn and, and how wonderful it is. And the animation is delightful. Um, also, uh, continuing our... Uh, our DC Comics thing. We have a, a trio of titles here. Let me pull them out, get it all together. Uh, we've got Blu-ray of Batman the Brave and the Bold, the complete second season. Looks really sharp. Not my favorite show, but, you know. Uh, we have just regular old Batman, season one, part two, Dark Justice. Cooler animation, cooler concept, better writing. Uh, this one's... This one's this is a show I should probably watch more of because it's like the darker Batman again. And then on DVD, we have uh, JLA for, you know, obviously Justice League of America, uh, JLA Adventures Trapped in Time. This is a really well-written original movie. I wish they'd get the people who write these things to do to at least work on some of the feature films because they're, they're sharp. They understand the characters and they're very much, they understand the DC world and uh, that's really sharp. What do you think, what do you think Suicide Squad's going to be like? You know, at this point, Marvel that? is just uh, – Marvel's having a, a Pixar-esque run. They're having a Rob Ryan, early Rob Reiner-esque run in terms of their ability to make everything work. Ant-Man – you know, now, now Ant-Man wind up, may wind up being the one that, you know but, – But Suicide Squad's a DC thing. That's, that's the Joker and all the, the – the, oh, the, oh, the, oh, Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah um, Suicide Squad. You know what? It's David Ayer, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the right guy to direct that. He is. You know, it's a platoon thing, kinda. Kinda. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I think it might be okay. Well, speaking of Marvel, we also have Marvel Knights Eternals, written by Neil Gaiman uh, or Gaiman. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that. Gaiman. Then, Gaiman. He's a great writer, and that you know that commencement speech that he that's on uh, YouTube that he gave some years ago is pretty great too. But anyway, uh, the Eternals kind of digs a little bit deep into the Marvel playbook. Uh, it's like you know X Men if they were really really old and. Uh, wise and immortal uh it's uh you know i guess you have to be kind of a hardcore marvel nerd to really really vibe to it but it's it's nicely done nicely written and uh, and all that jazz and then the last three here on the kid vid end uh, a blu-ray dvd and digital copy set of uh rainbow rocks this is the equestria girls from my little pony just doing kind of a josie and the pussycat thing and uh, I, I'm a little reluctant to show this to my daughter because I, I kind of want her to continue with her Peppa Pig thing. So I think I'll I think this will just be set aside for for the future. Uh, Ava and Lala is really really cute. Uh, this is uh, it, 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 it's derivative, obviously. You know, the anything that involves a, a, a cute little girl 
and uh, and lots of cute animals uh, is going to be derivative. We've we've kind of seen this a million times before, but this this one this is from Arc Entertainment, and they've got a division that actually does quite a few of these. We've talked about a few of them in the past, and uh, you know it's uh, it, it's kind of it's a little bit Monsters Inky, and it's a little bit Madagascar-y. It's kind of somewhere between Monsters Inc. and Madagascar, and I think that's okay. I think the the animals are adorable, the animation is perfectly serviceable, and the girls cute. Whatever you say, Wade. I got no and, kids. And then uh, from PBS Kids, Peg and Cat. We're trying to get into Peg and Cat a little bit. It's uh, not as popular as Peppa Pig in our house, but it won a ton of Emmy Awards this year. And this is Peg and Cat, Chickens on the Loose, and other really big problems. So uh, it's also, you know, a little girl. Um, and, uh, you know, it's very it's sweet. It's very appropriate and very proper, and it has kind of a Raggedy Ann, you know, art style. So that also goes, we're, we're trying to wean into that a little bit. By the way, Elmo is suddenly a big deal in our house. Oh, God. I never imagined that I'd be one of those parents. Seriously. You have no choice. I know. She calls the shots. All right, Mark. Television. You know, here's the thing, Wade. So we have these um, Brady Bunch Target exclusives. Yeah. It was the first five seasons of the Brady Bunch. Target. Get it. It's very nice. But I don't know why you would buy the Brady Bunch an individual... Season one, season two, season three, season you're a four, season you're, five. You're, tar- you're a target shopper. That's why. No, you know what? If, if, if you want this, by the way, forget it. Go online and buy the Brady Bunch Complete Series with Shag Carpet Cover. Okay, the Brady Bunch Complete Series That's with Shag one, yeah. Carpet Cover is on DVD. It's only 50 bucks on, uh, on Amazon, and it's got a really cool Shag Carpet Cover. That's the one you want. There nice. is no reason to buy these Brady Bunch individual seasons. If, if you like Brady Bunch enough to buy these five, save yourself some money and get yourself a shared carpeted cover. All right. The end. All right. Forget Target. You. No one I cares. Hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, Bronco is a classic TV show. It's one of those westerns, one of those TV westerns everybody forgot about conveniently, and Warner Brothers is resurrected. We now have the, uh, the second season here. The first season came out uh, about a year ago, I think. Uh, uh, Ty Harden stars on the show, and uh, it's essentially, uh, you know, he ju- it's, just a, it's one of those things a little bit like, uh, like Rawhide. He's just a guy, and he's moving across the West. And uh, he, a little bit like Kwai Chan Kane in Kung Fu, although it's not a Kung Fu thing. He just he's just doing his thing, but man, they people just keep messing with him, and they uh, they always it always comes back to hurt him. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the thing I like Boy. about the thing I like about these these shows these old shows they had great guest stars, great guest stars, people that you know from you know all kinds of other shows and movies and and writers who really understood their environment, and you know you feel very much like they do their research and they kind of created a wonderful. Um, a wonderful sort of atmosphere of the era. You know, you, like, for example, you even have uh, Cole Younger and Jesse James show up here. James Colburn plays Jesse James. And some of the great, uh, some of the great uh, cameos here, like Alan Hale, Yvonne Craig, Batgirl, right? Uh, Troy Donahue, Mary Tyler Moore, before she was Mary Tyler Moore. It's great. And you'll see tons of other people show up here, Oscar winners and, and all kinds of others. And that's Bronco, complete second season. So one of those wonderful unsung and long-forgotten westerns that has been resurrected. Thank you, Warner Brothers. Wait, on uh, True TV, which used to show uh, a lot of court stuff and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, interesting docs about crime and the court system and whatnot, they're now doing stuff like Impractical Jokers, which is your typical hidden camera, candid camera, blah, mm-hmm. blah. This is the complete second season on a three-disc set. Um, I'd be lying if I said that all of this sucked. 
<laughs> I mean, a lot of it sucks. It's not sucks as much as it's like, okay, I get it. More of this. Why you and not somebody else? Uh, it just it just seems like yeah. a format that was sucked dry five years True. ago, and now here come these guys. So, Practical Jokers is not terrible. There is some funny stuff in there, and these four guys, I think they're lifelong friends. Um, it's okay. Better than okay is The Newsroom. Now, this is the Aaron Sorkin uh, HBO show starring Jeff Daniels and Emily Mortimer. I love Emily Mortimer. She's so oh, she's cute. She's the best. She's so cute. I was, I was on an adjacent jury to hers at AFI Fest some years ago. So we all kind of, you know, she was on the, I think, was she on the Docs jury? I think she, uh, feature or the Docs jury. I was on the Shorts jury when Jason Reitman had a, you know, his short in competition before he was Jason Reitman. No, she's lovely. She's lovely. We're all deliberating at the same restaurant at the same time. Don't care. Because uh, I didn't get to look at her. I, I, I didn't get to stare at her. She's so sweet. She's, I mean, as sweet as you think she is, she's even sweeter. Don't care. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to hear it. Yep. Olivia Munn, also in it. Uh, Sam Waterson, Jane Fonda. Anyway, so uh, the newsroom, it's, um, you know what? It's just, it's just so, whatever you might think about the show, it is so interesting hearing Aaron Sorkin work out his issues on this show. It's so it, interesting it, to hear him true, do these right? little dialectics in the, on the show. You know, with the little and Jeff Daniels is a great alter ego. He's a great alter ego. Yeah. He's got he looks like a newsman. He's got that Keith Olbermann thing going on. I know that Sorkin and <laughs> Keith are friends or are friends. Who the hell knows? Um, so yeah, uh, the show is not perfect, uh, and it is definitely coming to an end on HBO. In fact, the new season arrives uh, this month. If it hasn't already arrived, and it feels it right when a show comes to started. an end. Huh? It feels right when a show comes to an well, end. Well, no one thought this thing would only last three seasons, but. Um, I think it's fine for it to end. Yeah. You know, I think HBO has other fish to fry. They have, you know, whatever, Game of Thrones and other stuff. But uh, this was definitely a prestige show by a great writer who has a lot to say. So no matter what you think of Ar- uh, Sorkin's politics, the drama, you just can't beat. Now, when it comes to drama, now, it's, now when I think of drama, and I think of Aaron Sorkin, you think I think of drama of mean? Hot in Cleveland <laughs> with Betty White, Valerie Bertinelli, and Jane Leaves. This is on TV Land. I don't know what to say about the show. Uh, except Not that good. It, except that it gives Betty White work. That's all it does. That's all it does. You know what? I, TV Land obviously doesn't have enough to pay writers, but they have enough to pay cast. Yeah, That's yeah. I mean, how expensive it. are these people, though? Come on, man. How expensive is, is Valerie Bertinelli at this point? How expensive is know. Jane Leaves? Terrible. Yeah. Although the DVD does include an animated version of the show, which is kind of uh, a little bit weird and ridiculous. So uh, Quincy, the original um, examiner... As far as you know, doing crime shows, they never had shows about examiners or even examiners be a significant part of these shows. But medical examiners became a big deal when Jack Klugman became Quincy M.E. And this is season seven. Obviously, there's nothing different in season seven that you didn't already have in the first six seasons. Uh, Twenty-four episodes of uh, Jack Klugman just doing his thing and being that that grumpy medical examiner that everyone remembers him as. And and that's the thing that impresses me about this show is that he was he was Oscar on the, on the Odd Couple, and to reinvent one iconic character by becoming another one, which William Shatner has done twice, by the way. You know, was T.J. Hooker really that iconic? Oh yeah, T.J. Oh, Hooker was hilarious. I mean, I mean, there's a whole generation of people. I mean, true, most, everyone knows him either as Captain Kirk or Denny Crane, but T.J. Hooker is still pretty iconic. It is. It's T.J. Hooker. It's a jungle sure. out there. It's a great show. Terrible. Anyway, so uh, 24 episodes, no extras, uh, but Shot Factory and uh, Universal have, uh, have, are helping us wrap out this show. And then we also have uh, Heartland. Which is a show I've never heard of. This is the fourth season of Heartland, uh, which is still running on a network known as Uplifting Entertainment, the uh, network otherwise known as Up. Uh, 
I'm always amazed at how many cable networks are out there that I've never heard of. It's just this is a whole brave new world. But uh, it's it's a very very simple kind of like, apparent. Obviously, uplifting entertainment is not uh, marketing porn to the masses. So the whole point here is to do something very homespun, very rural, very uh, you know middle American, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, Amber Marshall is and uh, Michelle Morgan are these sisters, and they. You know, they live on a ranch, and uh, it's it's all it's all you know. They love horses, and it's just really sweet, and got a lot of great life lessons, and some very decent acting. And there's nothing uh, really wrong with it. It's just not enthralling. It's obviously not Law and Order, but you know, it's not bad. So uh, whoever's making this show, they're obviously doing something right. And uh, I'm gonna have to look for uplifting entertainment and see what else is on there. No, you're not. I like Me TV. You know MeTV? Uh, it's like it's like what Nick at Night used to be. It's the best. Like, oh my what, God, what, they have reruns of every single show yeah. that is the, the Star Trek and Adam yeah. Twelve and, and yeah. just all of them. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, I've, I've heard that. I haven't watched it yet. That's the greatest. Yeah. I Dream of Genie. He's got all those sitcoms that you love from the sixties. They're so uh, lame. I'll, I'll, well, I've got all those on DVD. I'll just put them on. You're not. You're not doing that. Maybe not. And then the final season of The Big Valley. Dun 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 dun. Uh, with which is the show basically that, that sort of wrapped out Barbara Stanwyck's career and which launched Linda Evans and Lee Major's careers and uh, Peter Breck and Richard Long were along for the ride. This, this you know, let's be honest. Uh, this show really only came into existence because they felt uh, they had some. We got to do something to counteract Bonanza, and so they they cooked up a kind of quasi Bonanza, a different family. And they hired Barbara Stanwyck to be the matriarch, uh, to counteract Lauren Green's patriarch. And frankly, it's a much more interesting show in a lot of regards. The Big Valley has, is, is actually a very, very good show and did a lot right that Bonanza did differently. So um, I think both shows are compelling in their own right. And uh, this obviously is, you know, it's, it's another California ranch. And uh, it's, it's really fun and also some really, really good uh, cameos here as well. So uh, that one is out from Timeless, who does all this great kind of nostalgic Western stuff, and that is the final season of The Big Valley. Big Valley. Okay, wait. We got a couple of uh, Fox shows to talk about. First is Salem, the complete first season. Uh, This is a show that is uh, based on the Salem Witch Trials. Of course, those were in the 17th century. This show, um, you know, is all about that. Massachusetts, Salem, Witch Trials, crazy, wackiness. Yep. I think this show is probably this show is not a big fan. Uh, critics are not a big fan of this show. I think that it's um, it's becoming a bit of a cult show, and the three disc set includes thirteen uh, episodes. Um, I don't want to say about this show. I'm, I'm hoping that in season two, either in season two, it's either going to take off and become a hit, or it's just going to always just sort of live in that middle ground of mediocrity and just become like a more popular with fans than anybody else. So, um, Salem, I like the uh, topic. Uh, the execution is okay. Also on Fox, we have uh, Graceland. Now, Graceland is a... Uh, this was renewed for a second season, by the way. Um, it's about these undercover... Really? These underco- yes. Oh I don't gosh. know why. It's about these undercover agents. Uh, they're scattered all across the U.S. It's, there's, there's FBI people. There's DEA people. There's ICE people. And they all live in this beach house, and the beach house is called Graceland. And so... Um, they're all fresh out of Quantico training, and uh, that's the show. You know, I, I just feel like I've seen this sort of stuff before, where everybody's super handsome and everybody's really gorgeous, and they're you know they're all packing guns, all fast paced, and I don't really care about the people. Is the real problem? 
I just feel like this thing only exists just to like show people running around training facilities and you know and holding guns. Um, I don't know what the appeal is of Graceland, but uh, it has already been on for a season. This is the season two DVD. Um, so there you go, Graceland. Not a fan. The X's on TV Land is a terrible show that I guess, like we were saying before, if it's TV Land and you can get together, you know, the guy from uh, Wayne Wayne, uh, you know, Newman from uh, Seinfeld, you know, Donald Faison from uh, Scrubs, and Kristen Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun. If you can get those people together for a show, you've got yourself something on TV Land. And this is the X's. This is season one and two. Um, and I guess there's new episodes that are coming up. It's uh, Wednesdays on TV Land, but this thing is just terrible. I mean, TV Land is not really affording themselves the best writers out there. So I, I would, unless you love these people, because you're such a fan of like '90s sitcoms or early or you know 2000 sitcoms, I'd pass on this. The Good Guys is a show that we were really hoping would do well, but in the end it got canceled. And uh, we were fans of this show because we got to interview Colin Hanks. Back when we were doing uh, stupid ah, movies, yes, that's right. And Colin, who was a really cool guy, and uh, at, at that point, the show had already been canceled. And I remember one of our questions was, "How does the network let you know it's been canceled? They call you? Do they call the agent? The agent calls you?" Uh, he was a super cool guy, and um, Bradley Whitford is also great. But in the, and, and I, I love the milieu. It's all about you know a seventies. It's almost like a spoofy seventies detective show thing. Um, I thought this place had a lot of interesting areas yet to explore, but in the end, people just didn't get it. So, it is gone, the good guys, but we liked it. All right, we're going to speed the show up because we got uh, still a lot of stuff to cover. New movies and classic movies and cult stuff, and if we can get to it, even some uh, some foreign stuff. So, um, and I've got some you know British TV and anime that I'd love to get to. Don't think I will, but you know we'll see. Um, a few documentaries I want to burn through real quickly here. Precious Muir is an aspiring British uh, model who um, faces an interesting dilemma about uh, you know get get breast implants or your career is over. And uh, this is basically a documentary from Garden Thieves Pictures that is about her and that whole dilemma, what choice she makes. There's the mystery they're in. But obviously hidden between uh, all of the sensationalistic stuff is the reality that for a lot of women, this is a choice that their careers hinge on. And it uh, it doesn't go as deep into that dilemma, I think, as it needs to. But again, it's through the eyes of one woman and her experience, and it certainly sets the ball rolling. Uh, Vikings Raiders from the North is a uh, a DVD that comes in a Blu-ray package. So don't be uh, thrown if you see this on store shelves. It's a DVD. It's marked as a DVD. They just happen to you know use one of those clear plastic packages that uh, uh, Cohen and uh, Draft House and a lot of other companies use for uh, for their Blu-rays. It's the clear plastic version of a Blu-ray case. Uh, anyway, this is a documentary about Vikings. It is by no means comprehensive. It's about 100 minutes long, but it hits all the major beats. Uh, it doesn't go into you know a, a lot of the the historic the specific historical details, but you certainly get a sense of what it meant to be a Viking, and it's a nice companion piece to the uh, TV show Vikings, which they're not sending us in season two. So, you know, I wanted to talk about them in the same breath, but didn't happen. Uh, JFK, the private president, uh, a look inside Camelot. Nice little documentary from First Run Features that is uh, kind of strictly for JFK fans. Nothing really about the presidency per se. This is just uh, you know home movie type footage uh, that gives you uh, a sense of what it really was like to be a part of a presidency that has young children in the house. And uh, you know it was an interesting period in time. The '60s were both uh, kind of 
nostalgic and volatile, and uh, that's what this is all about. And it, it, you know, it's it's nicely put together, very professional, very very um, sincere. Uh, Alive Inside is uh, won the Audience Award at Sundance earlier this year, and uh, this is a pretty terrific documentary. I got to say, uh, you know, having some family experience with this, the idea here is is that people who have dementia. Uh, the best therapy they can get is music, and uh, it's primarily all through the uh, it's it's the it's a it's a it's all kind of there's a there's a a researcher who has put together um, a an approach to helping them by putting together these sort of mixes of their favorite music, and when they listen to music that comes from when they were younger, that sort of helps them remember, and it ha- and it does it. It does right for the brain. It's it's amazing. You, they show precisely how it actually helps the brain, more so than medication. Music better for the brain than medication in cases of dementia, and uh, it's quite a fascinating film to watch. It's it's really extraordinary, and that's out on Blu-ray. Not sure it needs to be on Blu-ray, but no matter how you see it, you got to check it out. It really is a very very touching doc, and hopefully it it you know results in some changes in the insurance and medical profession because music cheaper. Like they literally, they they point out in this, like an iPod is cheaper than about a month of medication in many cases, but insurance will not pay for the iPod. And you can't dance to medication. See, there you go. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me go through here. The dog. Did you see the dog? Uh, what a, is that? That's that's the guy. The Dog Day Afternoon was based on. Yeah, you know what? I was invited to that thing a hundred times, and I never went. Man, those invitations came endlessly, didn't I know. they? And in the end, I never went. No, I didn't either. I waited for this. Uh, yeah, not as interesting as Dog Day Afternoon, to be honest, but interesting just the same. It's a great story. Uh, yeah, it is a great story, and uh, it's not. You know, I know they want to say it's it's a draft house film, and it comes in that clear plastic, you know, Blu-ray packaging that I mentioned a second ago. Uh, draft house picks a lot of really interesting stuff. Could be better. Um, I, I think the story could have been told a little, more, a little more cleanly, but it's still a really interesting story. And if you're a fan of Dog Day Afternoon, it's an even more interesting story because then you can start playing the fact versus fiction game. Um, so it's, it's a worthwhile sit. I think it's probably going to be considered one of the... I don't know if this is going to be in the top... It's, I'd say this is maybe one of the top 10, 12 documentaries of the I year. would say top 10, maybe top not, 10. Top, not top 5. Yeah. Uh, let's see. PBS did a wonderful job with The Mystery of Agatha Christie with uh, David Suchet, or Suchet, depending how you want to pronounce it, which is uh, all about the life of Agatha Christie, which we know nothing about. We know more about her writing than we do about Agatha Christie herself. Um, but this is really good. And, of course, they pick you know David to do this because he is television's Poirot. So he is a suitable figure and a wonderful host. And uh, it's really, 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 uh, it's really nicely done. Very nicely put together. It's only an hour long, so obviously not going to... Uh, Get into any you know of the crazy nuances. Some people like to speculate about all this and that with Agatha Christie, but no, they don't go there. Let's see. Uh, James Cameron is always good for a yuck. James Cameron's uh, Deep Sea Challenge 3D, and he just will not stop. He just—he's uh, the most restless human being on the planet. Um, basically, he wanted to—you know—he's one of the only people who's gone down into the Marianas Trench. Like, there's only a handful of people who've ever done it. He's one of them. It's like, well, Marianna's very dirty. She doesn't shower. Oh, wow. You did go there. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. I went there. Snap. That's seven miles down into the ocean. I mean, the pressures must be just insane. Anyway, so this is James Cameron taking a little 3D trip down into the middle of the, middle of the ocean in the Mariana Trench. And uh, I, I guess it's, I guess it's you know, interesting. I, you know, it's water. 
studied, I, I never really got into deep sea diving films. Uh, let's see. Ma, no, that's not quite as interesting as it should be. I am Ali. Did you see I am Ali? Nope. It's good. It's really good. Uh, Muhammad Ali, one of the more for a guy who's so who's so public through his whole life, uh, surprisingly enigmatic uh, to most of the public. So this pulls the curtains back, and uh, you get a much more complete picture of who Muhammad Ali was and who he is. And uh, this is a, a really extraordinary man, uh, physically talented, uh, mentally very, very bright, and yet very troubled and conflicted in a lot of respects. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful documentary. This might be on the short list too, by the way. I'm Ali. Is, oh, I can see that. It's this is it's really it's I mean it's really solid. And it's it's not a puff piece, you know. It it kind of it really makes every effort to get inside the guy. Okay, hold on. This one, this is worth making a mention of. What the bleep down the rabbit hole? Tenth anniversary edition. You remember this whole what the bleep thing? I know. It was a that big was deal. a phenomenon for it a was. moment. And it's just basically just kind of you know new age pop psychology. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was almost like the secrets. Like, why are people freaking out over this stuff? It's just, just like the same old crappy message in a new package. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just that. it's just new age pop psychology. But they made a they made you know a couple of movies that were all kind of you know made people think about their lives. I had people call me. And they're like, are you, this changed my life. I'm never going to be the same. I'm making different choices starting the first thing in the morning. Yeah, and, a, and then by the evening, they were making the same yeah, bad exactly. choices they always made. But it really it had an effect on people, and it's it's interesting. I I, I you know. It's fine, but uh, anyway, you get uh, the <coughs> you get a couple of different versions here: uh, the theatrical version and the quantum version, which is five hours, and you get to sort of build your own viewing experience. I, I really didn't. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either. I didn't even try. It just it sounded way too pretentious for me to even attempt. Um, but anyway, it, it, obviously the film has a following, and uh, those who aren't interested, who weren't interested before, aren't going to be interested now. And then before we get into new films, uh, let me throw out a couple from Virgil. Virgil Films always puts out a lot of interesting stuff. This is uh, Money for Nothing, History of the Music Video, uh, which is really fun. It's almost impossible to do this comprehensively, but there's so much material that's really great in here that I don't really care what they left out. Uh, 78 minutes of just sheer music video history bliss. And Mark and I belong to the generation that grew up with the music video, so there's not there's really nothing here uh, that we haven't been experienced to. Uh, we have no exposure to. Obviously, they go a little further back. You know, they go into sort of the origins of music video, starting with like musical shorts in the 30s and 40s, and you know, Bob Dylan and things that sort of. Pre- preceded the technically the 80s era music video but we've seen all that stuff as well and once you get into the 80s music videos it's just uh, that was the golden era of music videos man that was great and then also from Virgil Out of the Clear Blue Sky which is uh, yet another documentary about September 11th but um, uh, very very different this is about Cantor Fitzgerald specifically they decided to um, pick uh, one particular company and in this case Cantor Fitzgerald and they want to focus on their particular experience the the tragedy of that day through that one company which uh, lost 658 employees in one moment that was just unbelievable I mean that's 658 employees killed instantly and that uh, it's the I mean that's just extraordinary and devastating and I don't think a lot of people realize that there was one company 
that suffered that big of a toll. I mean, that's that's like, you know, about 3,000 people died. That's like one out of every five of the people who were killed on 9-11 worked for one company. It's incredible. Incredible. Terrible. It's incredible. It's horrible. So it, it, that, that, is a, that brings it to home in a very, very personal way, and that also very, very well worth seeing. All right, Mark, let's, uh, let's pound some new movies. Let's do it. What do we got, Wade? Uh, Line them up. All right, let's pound them. Line them up. Pound them. Drive Hard. I'm going to talk about Drive Hard first. Because Drive Hard, everybody missed. It was in theaters for a second and a half, and I actually had a lot of fun with it. Uh, John Cusack and Thomas Jane, two guys that you would think would never be in a movie together. Brian Trenchard Smith, who is an Australian-American director who's done a lot of B-movies over many decades, and he's just he's a workman-like guy. He's made tons of movies, and he makes them fast, and he makes them cheap, and he makes them great, and he's a real throwback to the old you know, kind of Corman school. He's, he's just really fun. He uh, co-wrote and directed this, and it is a rip-roaring, really fun film about a with Thomas Jane as a former race car driver whose uh, life is not very domesticated. He's not married, and he's got you know he's settled down, and he doesn't really race anymore, and he's he's just doesn't really have much of a you know a life. And um, suddenly he he bumps into this guy played by John Cusack, who um, hires him. You know he, Thomas Jane basically works as a driving instructor now. And he's an American, and he's an expat, and he's living in Australia. The whole film's shot in Australia. John Cusack is this American who pops in and wants to be taught how to uh, drive in Australia. And next thing you know, he's taken Thomas Jane hostage because he's now robbed a bank, or he's robbed a, a financial organization, let's just say, which he has a connection to. And now they're both on the run. And where it goes from there, it's just unpredictable. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very satirical. It's very funny. Um, and as far as you know, heist and chase movies go, I, I think it's a it's a gem and a total surprise. So uh, you definitely want to check out Drive Hard. That is a, a completely from left field surprise that you'll have a lot of fun with. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, wait, Twenty Two Jump Street, funny. Yeah, come on, hilarious. It's uh, Jonah Hill and uh, Channing Tatum. They're very funny together. And the uh, obviously the movie, uh, which was directed by uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys who did the Lego movie. They have a very specific and uh, very rambunctious comedy sense. I very thi- fast-paced, funny stuff. I'll tell you, I think th- this is this may be the funniest studio film that I've seen since Team America. Really? I I laughed so hard at this. I I thought it was just terrific. Right. I mean, the first one I was not that fond of, but this is outrageously funny because it's a satire. The whole thing they just they say, you know, we're not even in Jump Street territory anymore. Screw it. The title is just something that gives you, you know, we we now have these guys. They're their own thing. It's not tied to the TV show. Um, we're just gonna go off. On, we're just gonna be a, a wacky buddy comedy that just spoofs everything. And there's a whole gay subtext to this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. That, that whole gay subtext is hysterical it is beyond I mean the double entendres are they, they outdo Three's Company it's brilliant <laughs> they wow. really do quite a low bar there Wade uh, uh, no this is this is really funny stuff and you know what It's uh, we've talked about this before how it's so difficult nowadays to watch a film where you feel like the inmates are running the asylum it doesn't feel as if it's been market tested it doesn't feel like there's any studio interference it just feels like a bunch of filmmakers made the film they wanted to make you know love it or leave it and these guys just went hog wild and it's really funny so, 22 Jump Street has a lot of special features, including a whole bunch of Blu-ray exclusives. So, you may want to get the Blu-ray as opposed to the DVD. There's some deleted scenes and extended scenes. Those are funny. There's a commentary by um, Jonah and uh, Channing Tatum and Phil and Chris. So, yep, check it out. 22 Jump Street. Funny. Good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, also, good, a little interesting is this kind of 
adventure movie, monster movie mashup that kind of came and went called Ragnarok. Now, Ragnarok, years ago there was a Viking ship that was run aground many years ago, and this archaeologist finds the ship and goes into the ruins of the ship and finds all this stuff about uh, Norse mythology and the myth of Ragnarok, and it's all about the myth of Ragnarok and how that turns into this crazy adventure movie that's kind of like... It's less Raiders of the Lost Ark than it is um, like Alan Quartermain. So it's very B-movie-ish, you know? But it's actually kind of fun. I mean, it definitely rips off the Raiders of the Lost Ark template. Sweet. So it's I, I, this is not, you know, like original stuff. But, um, you know, and there's like there's tomb raiding and mystery ships and like the, the hot young teenage daughter and blah, blah, blah. So I, I can't say this is original in any way, shape, or form. But um, it has its charms, I have to say. Ragnarok. This is worth a uh, I'm really bored on a Thursday <laughs> night rental. We also have another John Cusack film, Reclaim. Uh, he just keeps playing bad guys in this new phase of his career, and he's really good at it. Uh, he here he he plays a bad guy alongside Jackie Weaver, who, as we know from uh, Animal Kingdom, is just great when she plays bad, fantastic bad. Uh, Ryan Felipe, uh, always a good victim, uh, is a uh, this guy who, along with his wife, played by Rachel LaFave, they've got a daughter who uh, suddenly disappears, and it's her disappearance is tied into the fact that uh, John Cusack and Jackie Weaver are, are human traffickers. Uh, the twists and turns don't always pan out, but it's, uh, you know, like Mark said with Ragnarok, it's probably decent just, you know, if you want to watch something that's diverting for an evening and not pay too close attention, you could do worse. Is that damning with faint praise? What does that even mean? I don't know. Damning with faint praise. You're damning it, but there's a little bit of praise involved. Uh, yeah. Okay, got it. And then in a big whopping Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray DVD, and ultraviolet digital HD combo set, boy, say there's a mouthful, is uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, the sequel to Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller's original Sin City. And uh, this one uh, cost about two or three times as much and made a fraction of what the first same one made. Same damn movie. Because it's exactly the same thing. It, uh, the structure is exactly the same. Um, all the, you know, the, the, the way the storylines kind of wrap around each other, it's the same. Uh, everything is it's a little bit different in the sense that you only have a couple of cast members who come back. Jessica Alba and Mickey Rourke uh, are the are the you know returning cast members basically, and then you know you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Rosario Dawson and uh, Josh Brolin in particular. They they kind of make uh, they're the new storylines. They walk in and it all it folds back on the original film a little bit. Um, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt stuff I found to be much more interesting because that ties in with the Powers Booth stuff from the previous film. Uh, Dennis Haysbert's terrific in this, by the way. It's like a, a bodyguard who's just invincible. Pretty great. Eva Green is terrific. Um, she's in the Josh Brolin storyline. She's the femme, the new kind of uh, femme fatale figure, and Josh Brolin is, is, is quite good here as well. Um, but uh, you know what? It's still the same movie. It's exactly the same kind of thing. I, I guess if you love the first one and you feel the need to see more of that, then this is uh, obviously going to fit the bill. But, I, you know, I didn't feel like I needed more. I felt like the first film kind of scratched that itch. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't need a sequel. Especially a sequel that's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It doesn't really – it just continues. You know, it's just more of those kinds of stories, and that's whatever. All right. Uh, let's see. Cult movies. I want to get to a, some of the foreign things, too, because I know there's one in there that we are both super fond of. Uh, so let me just 
make quick mention of a few cult movies here. Um, Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires uh, from American International, uh, the Sam Markoff company that started uh, Roger Corman's career. This is now out uh, in, uh, in, in a Blu-ray form, and it's, it's a beautiful Blu-ray, but it's ridiculous. This is uh, part of the ongoing Kino Lorber series of uh, Studio Classics. They got this one from the Orion Library, which inherited much of the AIP library. So this thing has bounced around a lot as far as rights are concerned. Uh, this was made in 1965, straight-up exploitation film. Uh, you know, it's an Italian movie that, uh, that AIP picked up and, and, and dubbed, and boy, it's just... Uh, it's nutty. It's really nutty. It's it's cheesy beyond all belief, but kind of entertaining at the same time. Planet of the Vampires. Uh, the Bubble in Space Vision 3D, also a, a long-forgotten cult movie that's kind of a, a sort of a, a central film in the 60s renaissance of 3D, not the original 50s moment, but in the 60s when they took another shot at it. They uh, have a 3D version here, which you obviously need a 3D player for, a Blu-ray player. And uh, it's not bad. It's kind of kind of interesting. They 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 especially when you watch the restoration uh, on this. Uh, as a film, the bubble is not very good. It's just uh, kind of it wants to be sort of in the same vein as um, as like a zombie film or even something like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's sort of uh, it's kind of trying to be one of those sorts of movies, but and it's not that successful. But technically, it's a little more interesting. Uh, the Doctor and the Devils uh, is from Scream Factory, the division of Shot Factory. This is a Hammer film that uh, does a wonderful job of uh, kind of preserving the the spirit of the old Hammer films. It's uh, it you know not technically a a classic Hammer film, but it uh, it it hits on all those cylinders. It's uh, directed by Freddie Francis who, of course, is also a, one of the legendary DPs of all time, a cinematographer for The Elephant Man, among many other fine films. Screenplay by Ronald Harwood, also a legendary screenwriter. And it's, uh, you know, basically a, a 19th century uh, cadaver movie with uh, Timothy Dalton and Jonathan Price and Patrick Stewart and a lot of really fine British actors. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it has, it just feels like a freaking Hammer film. It's just, it's great. Let's see, uh, we also have Dolls, which was uh, kind of a... When, when was Dolls? Dolls was like an... Was it late 80s? I think it was late 80s. Stuart Gordon, who would, of course, do things like Reanimator. Uh, this is, you know, one of his uh, lesser efforts. Uh, still kind of freaky. Countess Dracula, which is an actual original uh, Hammer film from 1971. Uh, kind of cheesy, but it's got some interesting performances in it. Um... You know, it, it is what it is. Return to Newcomb High. This is one of those great trauma films that we just don't get any of anymore. This is Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1. Uh, it's, you know, just Lloyd Kaufman completely going out, out of his mind. And, of course, they package it in a green plastic keep case as a Blu-ray. Because, you know, green is the color of toxicity, you see. Well, I, I've, I've seen those Toxic Avenger uh, Blu-rays and yeah. DVDs. They're all green. They're all green. It's great. It's all, you know, irradiated and toxic wasted and all that. Uh, Blu-ray DVD combo pack from, uh, of the movie Death Spa, which I had never heard of before, and it's truly incredibly ridiculous. This is from MPI, and uh, the only thing that makes this film watchable is that it's so incredibly stupid and bad. 
Um, this is uh, an 80s film, and boy, does it look like an 80s film. It is so, so dated. Uh, it, it just, you know, it basically elevates the whole uh, 80s health fad to a horror film. You don't want to go to the death spa. Uh, I do. Even better, with a similar title, is one of the greatest 70s horror films ever made. It is so ridiculous. This has been made fun of so many times, and it's just so much better than you can possibly imagine when you finally get a look at it. This is Deathbed, the bed that eats. It's on Blu-ray now, and I think even Jimmy Fallon has spoofed this on occasion. It, it Truly, that's exactly what it is. It's about a bed that eats people. It's the funniest, weirdest, stupidest thing I've ever seen, and you, just, you, can't, wa- you can't stop watching it. As soon as it's over, you want to watch it again. It is. It is just completely off the. It, as soon as it's over, you want to watch. As it soon again. as it's over, you go. I can't believe that actually it's, it's, exists. It's like Chinese food. No, it, as soon as it's over, you go. I can't believe that exists in the world. I, I've got to put it back on. I got to show my friends and family. I got to invite the neighborhood over. They're never going to believe this. It, it really. It's just totally off the wall. Uh, not scary by any means. And then Monkey Shines and the Dark Half, uh, both by George Romero, who of course has done many things other than Night of the Living Dead and. Uh, and uh, creep, uh, uh, creep show, but those are the ones that he's only known on, uh, known for. So this is uh, the dark half, obviously the Stephen Romero, uh, Stephen King novel directed by George Romero, and uh, not bad, not a bad interpretation of it. That's on Blu-ray now from uh, Scream Factory, uh, with a whole ton of extras, including a commentary by Romero, who's a really smart guy and does a great job, and then stuff on the visual effects and everything else. And um, Monkey Shines. The story of a man and his evil pet monkey. Uh, one of the more adult films that Romero made, which well actually feels like it's much more well thought out uh, than probably anything else, based on a novel uh, by Michael Stewart, which did pretty well uh, at the time. Uh, this is a late '80s film that's uh, kind of. I, I think this is, you know, really deserves to be rediscovered. And this is also from the Orion Library and released uh, through Scream Factory. So I'm glad all that Orion stuff is making its way out. Now, Mark. Yes, sir. We are both fans of the French director Jacques Tati. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks to Criterion, Tati is his complete oeuvre is now out. Wait, let me tell you something. I had to buy this. You know why I had to buy this? Because I'm not giving you mine. Because you're not <laughs> giving right. me yours. I had to buy this, Wade. Yep. The complete Jacques Tati. It's fantastic. Unbelievable. Unexpurgated. If you want to see a director like no other, mm-hmm. a basically a silent film director, he's a silent film director mixed with like a French comic mindset. It's just mixed with beautiful, gorgeous modern touches and in, in, in playtime and just uh, just and you know playtime is the only sixty-five millimeter negative, seventy millimeter you know print film ever filmed on uh, on the European continent by a European director. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, really, it, it, it's the only one. It's the only one, especially in France. There are no 70-millimeter French widescreen epics. There's only playtime. And it's such a beautiful movie. I, I love mean, it. Ugh. Uh, seven discs here, and you get Jour de Fête, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, Mon Oncle, Playtime, uh, Traffic, Parade, and uh, some even... shorts. And some shorts, which is great. Uh, you know the the packaging. You get those those slimline kind of cardboardy uh, 
cases that fit inside the uh, the sleeve. So it's a little bit flimsy as far as packaging goes, but it's, you know, just keep it safe and keep it away from the silverfish and you, you'll be good. Um, What's amazing about Tati is that it's so, so, and again, this is, we're talking like, you know, in the, in the, we're talking in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So many of his films had to do with technology and how technology is like taking over and our, our dependence upon technology mm. and modern conveniences and whatnot. And that is so relevant today, even though obviously Tati is not around to uh, make movies about Facebook. Um, still, he was working, even in Jour de Fet, he was working themes like that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just great. And, and Playtime and, obviously is obviously the, the ultimate, you know, high technology and the modern era and whatnot and, and how this, this poor trench-coated Jacques Tati is going to survive this, you know, this cold, sterile computer era. It, it's all there. I think this guy's great. It's fantastic. Really yep. is just outstanding. So that uh, the extras, there's no way to even enumerate them. It's it's well, one. Of the, you can. It would just take a while. It would take like a whole show. It's the one, it's one of the most complete and packed suites of extras you you will find on any set from Criterion. So this is once again Criterion just raising the bar and outdoing themselves. It's uh, an extra, an yep. incredible, extraordinary set. One actually, I would I would say it's one of the best uh, releases of the year. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, what absolutely. Else is out there, did, no. did Smaug or something? Some Hobbit Smaug <laughs> thing? No, go no. get yourself a, a, a Jacques Tati. Pretty great. Pretty great stuff. Uh, on the uh, foreign language front, we got a got a few other things that are worth making note of. Uh, Dormant Beauty, which is a Marco Bellocchio movie that kind of came and went, and people sort of literally missed it. Um, it's got uh, uh, Isabel Huppert in it, although it's an Italian film. And this is a really interesting drama uh, about a um, group of people. They're all, all separate lives, different storylines, but all people who are dealing with the role of faith in their lives. And, uh, you know, one, for example, is about a, uh, um, a senator who is in a position of having to, you know, vote for a law that, you know, involves capital punishment. And, um, you know, in another case, there's a story about assisted suicide, and uh, it, it really is, is quite interesting. Um, Bellocchio has made just – there's no way to ever pinpoint him on, on a film. He's just – he's all over the map, and he's very talented, but sometimes he makes films that are better than at other times. And not all of his movies necessarily make it over here. This received a theatrical release thanks to Kino, and it's now on DVD, unfortunately not on Blu-ray. Probably should be on Blu-ray at some point. Uh, we can only hope. But Isabelle Huppert is just magnificent in it. And uh, really, that's probably the only reason it got a release in the U.S. So that tells you something. Also, uh, if you saw Vim Vender's film Pina, uh, you probably know a great deal uh, about uh, Pina Bausch as a choreographer. And you can learn even more by watching the wonderful uh, film One Day Pina Asked by Chantal Ackerman, the, uh, French, the great French director. And this is... This was made over many years. This was released in 1983. It's only an hour long. And uh, this is, I think, in many respects, better than the Vim Vendors film because it's much closer to, it, you know, it was shot when she was, uh, she and her, her company were in their prime. It's not sort of a posthumous tribute. This is really in the moment and uh, really immerses you in her sensibilities and in, in what she was doing. And uh, it's really quite gripping. I, I, I Obviously, I think the two films are great companion pieces, but I think to really, really immerse yourselves in who she was and what she was all about and how she related to, the, to her dancers, uh, you, this is the film you want to watch. It's One Day Pina Asked. 
Wade, uh, don't know what to make of uh, Le Chef. This is with uh, Jean Reno, and this is sort of a, like a ratatouille thing, one big night kind of thing. It's about a, um, it's about this aspiring a chef who uh, gets fired from a lot of jobs. He's very fussy. And uh, in the end, he winds up being discovered by his idol, played by Jean Reno. And the idol is a uh, revered but uh, a bit old school, kind of fading into obscurity kind of a chef. And he's about to be fired from his own restaurant. So the owner of the restaurant says, hey, old fussy chef played by Jean Reno, you should, you should take on this, this kid and uh, do like an odd couple in the kitchen kind of a situation. So, you know, it, it's cute. There's some funny lines, you know, like uh, they do some funny stuff with uh, language, the language of food, like, you know, the fragmentation of a duck. And, you know, the, there's some, a little bit of laughs there, especially when it comes to, like making fun of modern cooking. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't know that this really amounted to all that much. Uh, I would, if you have to see a movie called uh, Chef, I would definitely more strongly recommend the John uh, Favreau film called Chef. Yeah, which, I, you know what, um, that's going to be in the awards mix too, isn't it? I don't know what to do with it. I mean, what, what would you do with it? They, they sent us that screener. You got that one, right? No. You didn't oh, yeah, Chef? I did. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, I did. It's the, it's the retail DVD that we already yeah. saw. Yeah. All righty. Um, I'm going to blow real quickly through a whole bunch of, uh, as we're getting short on time, through a whole bunch of other foreign language films. Just should be on your radar here. Venus and Fur, of course, the, the Tony-winning play, uh, directed by Roman Polanski with his wife, uh, Emmanuel Seigneur, and Mathieu Amalric, who, of course, is just getting all kinds of attention all of a sudden because he's really awesome. And it took him playing a villain in a Bond movie to get his his, you know, uh, recognizability in the United States up. But anyway, uh, I think this is um, a minor Polanski, but it's perfectly uh, serviceable. I don't know that it's as good as necessarily seeing the uh, the play, but, I, I you know, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, Borgman is a Blu-ray and uh, digital HD combo set from Draft House. Boy, this is an odd film. Uh, this is a, a Dutch film. From 2003, that is really, I, I could almost see this being remade by an American studio, given the, given the plot. This is uh, about a, this vagrant, this almost like Svengali-like, Rasputin-like vagrant, who, um, you know what this is? This is like if uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills were not a comedy, but were instead, instead some kind of dark psychological thriller. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's, uh-huh. it's that's and he's Borgman and it's you know he he Nick Nolte he ain't. Uh, it's a good looking Blu-ray, very nicely done. Another fascinating pickup from uh, Draft House that probably would have fallen completely off of people's radar otherwise. Uh, Siddharth uh, from Zeitgeist is a, an Indian film by Richie Mehta. Boy, this is a depressing movie, uh, but really really good. This is about a father who sends his son off to be a laborer in a factory, which apparently, even though it's illegal, a lot of people do this in India to help their families make ends meet. And, you know, they need the money, so they send the kid off to be a laborer, and next thing you know, the kid's gone. He's disappeared. He, he, like, what, well, he was at the factory one day, and he wasn't there the next day. Well, where is he? Well, what? he went wandering off, and he, and he has to go look for his son. And it's so sad because, you know, you re- there, there are all of these little details. He doesn't have a picture of his son. And they're like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Your father. You don't have a photograph of your son? Well, I never, I never took a photograph. And it's, as, a, as a portrait of what it means to be poor and in India, it's just devastating. It's just a devastating story. Really tough to watch. Not on Blu-ray, only on DVD from Zeitgeist. It's called Siddharth, as in, you know, like Siddhartha. The kid's name is Siddharth. S-I-D-D-H-A-R-T-H. Uh, Coffee in Berlin won a ton of awards in Germany. Uh, this is a beautiful black and white 
film uh, that is kind of a it's a little bit like a german version of after hours in in some sense this guy it's just everything is going wrong in his life and um it you know it, it it's it's a really fascinating little odyssey that he undergoes while he tries to put his life back together and it's just it's beautifully done it's beautifully written it's very clever it feels very uh, again very after hours meets woody allen kind of and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. The German Doctor uh, by, Louis, by Lucia Puenzo was a uh, Cannes Film Festival selection, I think, about a year ago. It is historically not even remotely accurate, but it is, it is an interesting film from a psychological standpoint. It takes place in 1960, and it, is, uh, it, is a, it speculates as to what if Dr. Mengele, while he was hiding out in South Africa, uh, ingratiated himself into an Argentine family's life and actually did some good for them, and they then discover that this man who is doing, who appears to be very concerned for their child and for their welfare, is actually this this psychotic Nazi murderer. Very, very interesting from that standpoint. Uh, doesn't really follow the the historical, you know, motions of uh, the, the the trajectory of Mengele where he was at a given point in time, but it is what it is. And then uh, Alexander Sokorov's Faust, which has been out previously on DVD, is now out on Blu-ray, and uh, not better than any other version of Faust, but certainly uh, very, very good and uh, a nice interpretation given Sokorov's uh, sensibilities and style. So certainly goes alongside other Faust stories, not uh, not above them, I would say, but a good-looking Blu-ray, just the same. And then before I turn it back over to Mark, uh, another black-and-white film, Wolf, which is uh, stylistically more interesting than it is narratively interesting, well-acted, Basically about a uh, a Moroccan kickboxer who uh, it's a Dutch film and it's about a Moroccan kickboxer who you know really has no way out other than crime and and how the effect that that has on his life when he decides to uh, you know cross to the other side and how it affects his aspirations and his career. Shot in black and white, feels a lot like uh, the Mat- the uh, Mathieu Kassovitz film Hate La N from uh, you know thirty years ago twenty not twenty years ago. Um, but a little narratively looser, but well-acted. Uh, Marwan Kanzari, who stars in it as Majid, is really good, an incredibly magnetic figure, and look for him in some other movies. He's really, really good. And this is from IFC. Wade, coming in for a landing here on the show, we have two from Leos Carax, Wade's favorite director in the whole world. Yep. <laughs> He's Can't stand him. The- Cannot stand him. Well, his I, don't, opinion- I, don't, I shouldn't say that. I, I, look, uh, he annoys me, but he, he does some interesting stuff every once in a while. Look. But that last damn thing of his, I just just wanted to shoot myself. Loved it. Okay. Well, you have to admit, his first film uh, called Boy Meets Girl is a great starting point for who Leos Carax would become. Because I think that he was working out his Leos Caraxiness, but he wasn't completely as inaccessible as he'd become in Holy Motors, although I loved Holy Motors. Um, It's about a guy named Alex, who, by the way, is Carax's real first name. And he falls in love, and it's all about sort of this weird ennui of like being a twenty-something, falling in love, and in, in, and all you care about is your own opinions, and then all you, your opinions are crap. But you're twenty-something. What do you know? And just the way he presents it, he's just he's, he's like in love with movies, and he adds like all these textures and props and mysteries, and just it, it's just a really interesting love story. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, it's a really cool movie, Boy Meets Girl. I would definitely a hundred percent. Recommended. It's from 1984, and then he followed that up with a very strange little movie. Um, well, actually, he didn't really follow it up with a strange little movie, but um, wait, Mauve Sang? 
Mauvais sang. Bad blood. Mauvais sang. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. Now the the uh, the overall on this film sounds like it's like a science fiction thing where it's about like it's in France and there's a sexually transmitted disease disease going around and it's spread by having sex but without emotional involvement. So if you're just a bunch of kids sleeping around because it's fun, you might contract this sexually transmitted disease. And it's about these uh, these people trying to either find a cure, but also falling in love and not falling in love and learning what it's like to actually have an emotional involvement um, when you do fall in love. So it's very moody, and it really gets into that like like passionate intensity of youth, you know. And uh, and, and again, just like Holy Motors and just like Boy Meets Girl, Carax is really into cinema. He loves movies. He loves referencing other movies. He loves making you think that you're he he wants you to know you're watching a movie. You know, he doesn't want you necessarily involved in, in. He doesn't want the movie sweeping over you. He wants to constantly remind you that you're watching a movie about a story. But is it a movie about a story or a story about a movie? Yeah, he, he, he does all a, that stuff. Yeah, I know. I hate that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I like that. So, Boy Meets Girl definitely recommended, and uh, Mauvais Song. Mauvais Song also recommended. Très bien. By the way, with Mauvais Song, you will never listen to the song uh, to David Bowie's Modern Love the same way again. Well, good. That's uh, something I've always yearned to have happen. Uh, wrapping out, just three more here. Two of them from the great Chris Marker. Uh, the most interesting of them is On Strike. Uh, On Strike is really, really a fascinating slice of history because uh, this is from Icarus Films. Uh, On Strike uh, was shot in 1967 when... Um, the there was well boy there's a, there's a lot of backstory to this so I'll make I'll cut this really short there's a there's a strike uh, at a textile plant in uh, Besançon in France and um, the uh, marker decided to not only shoot it but he he was shooting another film at the time and uh, the, he became involved in the organization of the workers and uh, formed what was known as the Medvedkin Group, which uh, was named after Alexander Medvedkin, who invented the Cinetrain, which is a, um, this thing that they, that they, you know, that they that toured Russia in the 1930s and uh, kind of you know, photographed agrarian life and so forth and so on. So uh, there's, there's, you know, this is Marker kind of getting into his, his Marxist mode, supporting the workers, shooting them, but being involved with them at the same time. Uh, and this also includes the film Class of Struggle, which was shot by the workers that he trained. And then also included here is Be Seeing You, uh, which is the film that he was shooting with Mario Murray when all of this happened. So if any of that makes sense, uh, it's worth checking out. And, uh, you know, you, you get a, a rather remarkable snapshot of history and of a filmmaker. And it's Marker probably more raw than you've, you've seen him in a lot of his other movies. The other one here is from the late 90s. Uh, Marker's been gone from us since 2012. But this is a weird movie. Level 5. Um, it, you know what? The, this woman is making a video game and it has something to do with Okinawa and Japan and World War II and we become this like video essay commentary on life and war and the Japanese and that's as much narrative as you really get there. It's, a, it's interesting. It's kind of lesser marker, but it's still interesting. 
And then lastly, uh, the amazing Jan Trell, the uh, Swedish filmmaker who just doesn't go away, who is best known as uh, the director of The the Emigrants, um, which is when he got an Academy Award nomination and hasn't been nominated since. But he he keeps making great movies, and he's old now. I don't even know how old Jan Trell is. He's got to be, like, deep into his 80s. But he, uh, he made a film called The Last Sentence. Set during World War II and uh, telling the story, uh, the actual story of a journalist who uh, took on Hitler. And uh, it is rather an, a, a gripping tale and an extraordinary story. And I'm surprised it hasn't been told before. And it's beautifully made. And you just can't go wrong. And my only regret here is that uh, the film isn't out on Blu-ray. I would you know, love for, love for them to have sent us a Blu-ray of this. But apparently the Blu-ray is not available. Or at least they didn't do a Blu-ray. There were plans for Blu-ray, and there isn't a Blu-ray. So we have the DVD of The Last Sentence, a gorgeous, gorgeous film uh, in black and white, uh, yet another black and white film this week from the great Swedish director Jan Trill. I wish this were on Blu-ray. I hope Music Box makes the decision to release this on Blu-ray at some point in the future. Please, it is well worth it. And with that, Mark, I think we're done. Okay, Smaug. So, in one week, Mark. Yes, our, our holiday show. What? The big holiday show. What? It's next week. Oh my it's been God. long in the planning. Yes. A lot of great stuff. It's going to be really fun. Hopefully, it's better than every, every other show we've ever done, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, <laughs> Don't and then, it will. And then we go on hiatus, um, possibly through the end of the year. We may be back mid December. Depends on how the whole LAFCA award season thing shakes out. Um, well, you you know that for the, we won't do any like December first or December seventh. No, no, absolutely not. Because all we will be doing is what. And by the way, it's like our eyes start to bleed. We, no, it's, we've it's, complained it's about crazy. this every year on the show yeah. at this time. So we'll be we'll be gone for at least two weeks thereafter, possibly back mid December. Keep an eye on the Facebook oh, come page. On. You Probably not. Back. Wait, come on. Give well, we'll see what they want. Well, we'll see. You're going to be out of town at a certain point, aren't you? Leaving? Ta- yeah, you're leaving town just for, for Thanksgiving, but not for the uh, the uh, the not other latter part of the holidays. That is correct. Okay, I don't know if I. Because I love our fans, Wade. You want to ditch them. I do. Uh, all right, uh, ditchy fans. So uh, with that, anyway, so big holiday show next week. Then we're off for a couple of weeks and then possibly back for a week, maybe two in the middle of December, depending on how things shake out. But if not, if our holiday hiatus extends through December, then we are back uh, immediately after the new year. So uh, continue to email us at gods at digigods.com. Send us Vox boxes where, you know, we, we will jump right into them first thing in the new year. Uh, gods at digigods.com. Send us emails, gods at digigods.com. And come on down to the Facebook page. A lot of great discussions going on. We'll see you next week. Big holiday show. <laughs>